0: Roleplaying Public Radio is brought to you by Easy Roller Dice. Ever need a bunch of dice for gaming? We all do. But who wants to pay 85 cents a piece at your local shop? And don't even think about the big bag of random junk, oddities, and damaged dice from those other guys. At EasyRollerDice.com you can stag 10% off all products right now, and that means you can grab the giant 105 count bag of factory first dice that comes with a velvet bag for less than $23. Shipping is also always free in the USA. Go to www.easyrollerdice.com and enter code RPPR at checkout and save ten percent now.
1: All right, this is RPPR episode one eleven, and the Nat twenty goes to acting in games.
0: Clearly not us. <laughs> yes. We are not actors.
1: Hey, this is Ross Payton with Rollblame Bubble Radio. I'm uh, Tom Church. With as with with me as always. As always. Well, but I always in for I was gonna say that. I was gonna introduce you. Well, I the, thought
0: I, I thought I'd shake things up a little you bit. You have totally Because sh- actors do that. You they do shake things
1: up well if yeah or they, some actors do. or some yeah. yeah the good ones the good okay and we are,
0: i am clearly a thespian <laughs>
1: All right, so uh, in this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about acting in games. Now, neither of us have a professional acting background,
0: no. Uh, so
1: it's it's going to not we're not going to talk about method acting or anything like that. But we were going to, some tips that will help you know make your games more entertaining, hopefully. So, uh, but before we get that, we do have a bit of news. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and read that one, news, Ron? Yes. Uh, first off, the uh, we are on Patreon, uh, as you may have uh, heard. And you guys are awesome. Yes. We're, the Patreon is, our PPR patron is doing very well, over $1,000 a month right now. Uh, so we've reached all our current milestones. Uh, I'm gonna wanting to see how this goes for a few months before I add any more milestones. Uh, but we have added... Uh, Two online games, the first one has already been posted, has been made available for free as a download, not even to the public. You can get it without even being a member of Patreon, and that was a base Raiders game I ran for two uh, backers, uh, where they fought a vintage, uh, the Retro Gang, a gang of hipsters who used vintage death rays. Oh, man. Yes.
0: Hipster fighting.
1: Uh, One of them was a sorcerer who, he was an obscure god, you've probably never even heard of him. (laughs) So... (laughs)
0: Hey is, uh, hey, is that a vintage jacket? Yes. It's no. a vintage God. It's like, no, it's a now jacket. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Boom. <laughs> so, uh, it's, we also have a uh, desktop wallpaper art of art commemorating, uh, an incident in Shanghai, the call of Cthulhu game, oh, of yes. <laughs> shark fighting. Uh, and we will have more art. Thank uh, you, you can get, you can get the d- desktop wallpaper size if you contribute $2 or more a month. Uh, plus our PPR after hours episode two will be coming soon. We've already recorded it. I've just been lazy, uh, when Ross, coming. Ross, it's okay. Yes. You're not
0: lazy. You're swamped.
1: I, I am There's swamped. There's a difference. I am swamped.
0: One is, and the other one is more noble.
1: <laughs> yes. So go with uh, that one. We also have blog posts, behind the scenes blog posts. Uh, I've posted some fiction, uh, based writers fiction, uh, and some of my notes from the Tribes of Tokyo game. So if you want to see how I originally wrote it out to explain it. Uh, and Tom, you're going to be having some I stuff. am.
0: Quite uh, a long thing, actually. Yes.
1: Uh, it is a serialized... Uh, well, it's from what you're telling me, it's going to be novella length overall. But yeah, like, it's, uh,
0: it's kind of a serialized adventures of the the lone surviving SS private in Divine Fire.
1: Yes, so uh, get more about Grunwald and company. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I, hey, he's become my favorite character I've ever made, really. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and we can get in how you how you brought him to unlife, kind of. Uh, in, in the acting, I don't
0: know because but... I don't think the ghouls in Lovecraft are actually dead. I said undead. Subs- well, I just think they're a subspecies of. They're humanity. immortal. They are immortal, but they're not. That kind of undead. puts them in not, but yeah. they're not undead.
1: I think they're undead. I don't think I were. would classify them as undead. I will. If you're immortal, uh, you're usually undead, and in, in a Lovecraftian universe, like or you're an alien super god. I mean, there's no. You can't be, like... Well, you know what?
0: That is a debate for another day. Okay, yeah,
1: that is another episode. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, yeah, check out the Patreon. We have lots of rewards uh, for people who are backing. Uh, I'm going to be running another game soon for Patreon backers. Uh, That will be an Eclipse Phase game, and then next month I'll have two more games, or maybe we'll get some of the other RPPR crew members to uh, run games like Aaron or... Uh, Tom even so uh, yeah. we'll just see it. I know I my new philosoph- philosophy for these games is to make a meat grinder and kill as many player characters as possible. You know so, what? Yeah,
0: and- you're right. The last game I totally should have done that. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, yes. You re- you recently recorded. Uh, we we uh, you ran a game of uh, Call Cthulhu in uh, uh, Divine Fire, sort of. Yeah,
0: it's kind of it's related to it. I related. wouldn't call I wouldn't call it a
1: uh, direct sequel. Direct
0: sequel, but it's. It's in the universe.
1: Yes. Instead of GTA Three, it's GTA San Vi- Andreas or Vice City. Yeah, Vice City. So, um, any. So, anyways. Uh, <laughs> in other news, also, uh, I have a new uh, PDF supplement out. A uh, supplement out. Uh, Supply- uh, yeah, this is the Tarot Gang. This is uh, from Feigning Goat Games. They published it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also from the Banff Podcast. I've I've run base raiders demos for them. Uh, they asked me, "Hey, do you want to write some superhero stuff or supervillain stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" Like, uh, like, write evil, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I challenged myself to come up with a, like do a gang of villains each with just a single theme. So I chose tarot cards, Fair enough. but I wrote them so where they were not necessarily mystical or super like. Basically, I wrote them in such a way that their powers are, could be stylized as mystical or as high tech or any number of ways. And uh, so there's six of them. I base them on six of the Major Arcana. There's the Empress. There's the Emperor. Uh, the, devil. the Devil. Well, no, I didn't choose him, but I did choose the Fool, the High Priestess. Uh, and each one has a gimmick like the Fool, just has a natural luck. He just stumbles on whatever he yeah. needs to commit a heist. Uh, so do you pity the Fool? Yes. Uh, well, no, you shouldn't, because he will win. And <laughs> uh, the High Priestess is a priestess of crime. She believes, She's a criminal crusader. She believes crime you know, is holy and... Obeying the law is a sin, so uh, wow. yeah. Uh, so I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of fun writing this. Actually, it was a, a lot of fun. And so it's two ninety nine on Drive Through RPG. If you need Fate Accelerated Villains, or I mean, it's obviously e- it's Fate ac- Accelerated. It's easily adaptable to any other version of Fate. Uh, and there's I put a ton of plot hooks in it, uh, and again I just had a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, and then finally, uh, more superheroes up. Base Raiders, Boiling Point is almost done. Uh, it's in final proofreading, typo hunting phase. The the entire book is uh, done. It's 86 pages. The typo hunters. Yes. Uh, you too can join the typo hunters. I'll have a all for Kickstarter backers. I'll put, upload a new draft of the PDF. Uh, so you guys can download and read it, and you uh, can see all you can see all of our PBRs characters. Yes, uh, the characters are done. Uh, the artwork for them is done. All the art is in. All the text is in. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm hooray. And so He's once
0: literally this close. Well,
1: I mean, all I have to do now is just get all the you know proofreaded, get the text as perfect as possible, and then right I can, the altar. And then yes, uh, prepare for printing. And then you guys can get your books and PDFs, and, and your- you will read things and then i'll then i'll get started oh i mean i've already started on sparkles but then i'll finish sparkles and then finish the other supplements oh sparkles yeah uh why are you so cute i had i had him in the rppr patreon game uh for it was called paragon's flower shop and he showed up cuz the 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 players wanted to to see what he was up to and so he's just become a fixture in base raiders much to <laughs> Caleb's chagrin uh so that is it for news uh,
0: and you know what i think this is a this be a good transition to our main topic because I think one of the reasons we like Sparkles is we love the voice you did and the way you played him,
1: (laughs) which is all about
0: the acting.
1: Yes. Uh, So, yeah, for those of you who haven't listened to Bass Raiders PDFs, I I very... uh, you know, good artists are inspired by great artists, Steal, and I totally stole Sparkle's voice from uh, Metalocalypse, the character Dr. Roxo, so it's like, mm. Hey, Cass, what's going on? Like, and No, he doesn't quite do cocaine. No, he does pixie dust. Literally pixie dust. Uh, and it's,
0: that's better than cocaine. Yeah, well,
1: obviously, if you're a unicorn. I mean, you know, unicorns have just, they, they can't even they aren't even phased by cocaine. I mean, no. They're very they're very large. I mean you would need a well, lot
0: of horse size. Yeah. So I have to do a lot of it.
1: <laughs> Uh yeah
0: it, it, it had to be a Tony Montana sized pile of cocaine on their on a desk. I
1: kinda wanna see that now. Uh Tony Montana is a unicorn.
0: Or that'd be another acting thing you'd have to Yeah, I
1: know, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so for me, just, we we can talk a little bit about acting in terms of, like, examples of how we do it. So for me, Sparkles came about, uh, he was obviously sort of a throwaway character in Bayou, uh, Bayou Beatdown, where the characters basically were infiltrating this base. And the bad guys were capturing magical creatures and basically hacking off body parts to use to make alchemist potions and drugs. Uh, because you that's know, how
0: basically what D and players do.
1: Well, I mean, bad ones. Like the way mm. magic items work in base writers is you need something magical to make the item, mm-hmm. and the easiest magical magical creatures are yeah, the magical uh, ingredients. That's the easiest thing to find. It's a lot easier to find, you know, hack off body parts of a magical creature than it is to find adamantium or something from another universe. Obviously, so um, sparkles was obviously I just crazy unicorn, and then mm-hmm. so I just started talking in that voice. And just your reaction... I kind of fed off you guys' reaction to that. You're like, uh, do we really... Like, normally, in a superhero, supervillain game, a creature like a unicorn is obviously good. And you're like, oh, well, we'll free him. He'll help us. But then you're like...
0: Which totally works, because, you know, the players made assumptions, just as our characters were making assumptions. Like, oh, my God, it's a unicorn. We have, yeah. we have to free him. And then, you know, the I think we free him. He's like, thank you. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, and that well, I was, was like, oh god, you're a crazy person, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I, uh, I so stop. I fed off that, and so like, and I, and so that sort of created this loop mm-hmm. that really worked and turned Sparkles into such a, uh, a memorable character.
0: Because I think, yeah, like I think the most memorable characters they evolve on the spot.
1: I mean, yeah, you don't engineer them from the beginning because it's a lot of times when you do that like it falls flat on the game like you can't predict how it, the table will react to mm-hmm. a given character uh sometimes you try to make a memorable character from the very beginning and the table's like yeah whatever you know uh, and other
0: times you just did oh uh that one homeless guy from uh based the, from uh, oh yeah heroes of new arcadia yeah and uh, you were just like i just like just that you didn't? Uh, did you think that was like, we were going to latch onto that?
1: Uh, no, I, again, like it was just kind of a, a, and this is kind of the thing I do in games that I come up with a simple shtick, especially when I'm game mastering. Mm. It's like each NPC that gets some sort of shtick. Uh, some sort of simple gimmick or quirk that makes it easy to role play at, as them. Be- you, so you just take that little quirk and make that in kind of a defining characteristic. So for uh, the homeless guy, um, I can't remember his name either, but he kind of he's kind of gruff and he, he made up d- words. Made up words, sociopolitical ramifications, anti-disestablishmentarianism of the of the people, or what? Except I I they wonder. were fake words. Yeah, anti-disestablishmentarianism is that an actual word. That's what of- I meant. That's that's why that's yeah. why
0: i was saying, but his words he, he they were one. They, yeah,
1: they, a they lot of exist. his wouldn't be made up as I sort of mash words together, and so you guys love that, and so demanded that mm-hmm. I uh, keep roleplaying this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that, and that's that
0: actually that's kind of, that's pretty much the way I uh, I made up Grunwald, I guess my most famous character, yeah, is I like, uh, it really just started as a ghoul that still remembered being human.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's the thing that yeah it was sort of. Uh, struck me when I, I was playing is that he's obviously set up as a monster because he's, mm-hmm. you know, behind the door. Uh, it's in a spooky environment. And you can... It's just the, there's this foreboding sense in, in, you know, just with that alone. And then he just sort of talks and he, he's very conversational and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat eloquent. And that, that contrast is... Uh, I think... I mean, that's one of the keys of yeah. acting and role-playing is contrast is to make something... That is seemingly contradictory, but you can kind of work together. Um, Because if you make a character that is nothing but cliché or stereotype, then it's... He'll be
0: forgotten. He'll
1: be, yeah. So something that plays against type, in other words, uh, stands out better. Mm. Uh, This doesn't mean everyone has to be a unique, special snowflake.
0: Yeah. Or in the Uh, case of the uh, SS private. Yeah. uh, Yeah, see, I... He's, like, you're like the group is playing prisoners, and the one survivor that was actually able to help them was an SS private. Right, but he was still like, you know, like, you know, like, I, like your Jew's like, I don't care, you're human, and you're alive. <laughs> it's like here, yeah. have some guns.
1: Yeah, uh, and yeah, that that creates an interesting situation right from the get go. That it's a new dynamic that we're not used to, and that's the kind of thing is also putting players uh, at the table, sort of in situations where they don't have a rote response a just like mechanical like oh if orcs are attacking us we need to kill them if orcs are having a tea party we need to reevaluate the situation and that <laughs> that's what leads to good role playing i mean uh even like it can't, it's not even necessarily something that's in inter- right like if the orcs are having a tea party the players could have like have great role playing by just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on this has to be a trap Oh no! It's, it's not. Really like, these are clearly renegade orcs, and we have to go and uh, befriend them. And like, no, no, no! What if they're insane? What if a necromancer cursed them, and they're just totally you know lunatics, and they'll they'll just go berserk and attack us?
0: That's like, nice like I, guess, you know, I would no, like, I don't, no, I like, I don't care what quest we're on. Yeah. I need to know what was going on here. <laughs>
1: what is going on here? And like, come on,
0: as a GM, that'd be perfect. Like,
1: so like. Just, the crumpets are delicious. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And so you, uh, and th- and that's kind of the key. It's like uh, role playing is improv theater at a table with dice. So it's you know there's no such. Situ- you don't know what the how the play is going to end. The script is being written as you're enacting it. And so you can't. Um, there's sort of a limited. There's a very much a bottleneck in terms of like what you can get across. You can't get super sophisticated super nuanced performances out of people because it's just you know there's just not enough time or focus to do that
0: it could could be as little as two hours or two to you have basically two to six hours
1: well some groups do it even longer i've heard of groups doing like 12 hours all day marathons but in in that case you have the players you know wandering attention so you know you can't yeah dude
0: like you we barely keep it together and we do four average Yeah, yeah. At most.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, our average game, I think, is about three hours. Sometimes Uh, we go more. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, It's between two and four hours. I think that's why I say an average of three. But um, you, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people um, try to get across too much in acting. I think that's a mistake. You know, in in role-playing. Like, you're trying to... Um, I mean, I think the, the there, there's there's a couple big dilemmas in role playing and acting, and one is, and I think the biggest one is trying to get too much across in, in a limited time,
0: economy of time.
1: Yeah, there there is a tyranny of time, really. Like because I think a lot of players, and I, don't, I know I know I've done this myself, uh, where you make a character, you you in most systems, you know, it, that takes at least an hour, probably two. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it's D&D, Call of Cthulhu, Trail of Cthulhu. Palladium. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, That's, eclipse, you, mentioned,
0: you mentioned two hours. Like, no, I was
1: thinking Eclipse Phase. Because uh, then you have skills and morphs and background. Oh, so I'd like, say,
0: well, with... Yeah. with, actually, with it eclips, takes some time. With Eclipse Phase, using that character generator, I can get done in less than an hour.
1: Well... I mean, yeah, but a lot of people, you, if you know what you want, but you have to go through the book to figure out what sure. you want. So it takes time. And you also have to want to, usually, for at least for a campaign, maybe not for a one-shot, you want to have a backstory. Yeah. And, I mean,
0: yeah, I usually, I usually think of a backstory even when I'm doing a one-shot. Yeah. But, you know, it's, the, the amount of detail I put into a backstory kind of directly predicates to how much time I know this, this game's going to go on.
1: Uh, yeah. And
0: yeah, yeah. I think you, you just playing any character, you need to know a little bit about them.
1: Yeah. How would they would react in a situation? Yeah. Uh, even in the game, the divine fire game we mentioned earlier, uh, you gave me a character who is Hispanic. His name was Rico, uh, Fernandez or something like that. And I decided he was going to be a very, uh, waspish kind of character in that sense that he was, his family, you know, spoke accentless English and mm-hmm. he had grown up in that. And he was very sensitive to people who stereotyped him. Uh, uh, or like, and and so, goes like, oh, Hey man. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: are you actually like, are yeah. you actually Hispanic? Cause if you're not, do not talk to me like
1: that. Yeah, exactly. And so he was very going to be jump on anybody who like tried yeah. to that, like, yeah. do that.
0: Yeah. And when I made the, when I made the pregen, it's just numbers and a name on a page.
1: Yeah. Right. Random generated name. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, so the whole point the whole point of this of what i 'm trying to get across is that you you spend some time thinking this character out by yourself and you're imagining them and you have this all these ideas you want to get across and the thing is when you get to the table there's at least one other person the game master uh and you usually you know a couple other people so there's like four or five people and you're there for even if it's a couple hours you divide you know four hours among four people that's an hour per player at most so how much can you get across you can't get everything across no you can't Uh, But a lot of people do. Like and they want to be special, especially a lot of players want to be special snowflakes. Like, you know, and that's the thing we kind of make fun of on our PPR a lot. Is the I am an orphan and my parents were killed by ninjas and I was trained by a samurai who was an also a vampire and I wear a trench coat and I'm also the last of my kind and, the I'm, last psychic. The yeah. and I'm
0: the Ninja Clan. and I'm not chosen one
1: and I was reincarnated from Atlantean priests and I have and I pilot a giant role and like and you just go on and on like how you're a special. And I have yeah. a scar across my face. But, and there's and a my great story
0: that goes to that scar. Yeah.
1: And here it is. <laughs> yeah. And so they want to get – they they're so eager to get across everything.
0: They, they, they almost want to do an info dump on their character.
1: Yeah. And that's a mistake. Uh, if you want to get across that you're some sort of uh, badass – usually most badasses are men of few – or characters of few words. Not necessarily mm. men. Um, but they're characters of few words. And they – yeah, and, their actions speak louder than their words. Yeah, and they they tend not to brag. Uh, well, uh, yeah, some of them do. Some most of them don't. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, it's you know, if I, you know, Bill Maher it said you know that he says you know, to paraphrase, you know, doing that is kind of like saying you have a big cock. If you have to keep saying it, odds are it's not true.
1: Right, and so you have this kind of situation. Uh, And it's it kind of detracts from the acting again less is more so you just Mm -hmm. kind of put a couple of those traits in every game so the thing I want to like maybe the takeaway of this episode would be think of your character sheet think of your backstory as a menu. And you have a lot of different options. So you could like, oh, I'm an orphan. Oh, I've been trained by an undead samurai. And I've done this and, this and this and this and this and this and this. And all these little traits and quirks. And I hate werewolves or whatever. And so, like, in any given episode uh, or a game, choose a couple of those traits. You know, maybe it comes up organically or you just decide, I want to focus on this part of my character. Yeah, in the case, you know, like maybe yeah.
0: in a game, you your group encounters a werewolf. Yeah. And you can use that to... Show don't tell.
1: Exactly, show don't tell. Uh, but don't try to get the don't put the entire menu on the table. You know, at, you know, just just pick pick and choose what you want. Because I think a lot of people think if I don't show what my character is doing, or I don't tell what my character is doing, or what he's what he's about at all times, it's not true. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't show, if I don't like let everyone know that I hate werewolves, then I don't hate werewolves. You know, and that's. You know, not true. Mm -hmm. Just because you hate werewolves doesn't mean you don't have a rich and varied life. Otherwise, you know, you're not.
0: That's all you've got.
1: Yeah, then that says that says something about your character. But that's not that you hate werewolves. It's that you you're obsessed with proving that you hate werewolves, which is an interesting uh, quirk. But it's totally different than what you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like again, the guy who keeps going around saying I've got a big cock. You know, he's (laughs) that's that says something about him. It's Mm -hmm. not that he has a big cock. It's that he has issues in his head. He needs to work out.
0: And once again, I think this—it's this, predicated to the length of the game. Yeah. Like, um, I'm thinking like Preston Crowley was—I think that was the most thought I put into a character. Yeah. Because I knew, okay, this is like this is this is going to be a long campaign. Yeah. So I actually really thought of it. Mm-hmm. I really kind of thought, you know, okay, why? Like, okay, I want to be a media darling, but why would I be an octomorph? And yeah, I, I planned this all out. But I knew I would have plenty of time to get this background out naturally yeah so i didn't you know it's i do it i took a menu i just chose little bits and kind of threw them out there you know and i threw them out there when it was actually appropriate to do yeah
1: so. and also i mean another thing about person is that um you know, not only did you work with the group, the group worked with you. Caleb was a great game master because mm-hmm. he used that, he took that, and he gave us as the entire group opportunities to role play that. He based one adventure, you know, the Selmatech thing, all on your character's backstory, yeah. which worked really well, and I really liked yeah. that. I mean,
0: that, and he also did the uh, being like accusing my character of being the being an, uh, an uplift Uncle
1: Tom. Yeah, exactly, uh, a, a sellout, mm-hmm. worse than a sellout. And that created an interesting dynamic, as your character had to prove his authenticity to others, mm-hmm. and but yeah. uh, or reevaluate whether he actually cared about that.
0: And yeah. but I also think that's a good another good point you just brought up is the um, is working with the group. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, you know, they th- you know they with, like when they think they're acting a character, they, they feel like they have to act some things, even if it's going to be detrimental to the group.
1: Yeah. Don't never be, it's not what my character would do or it's what my character would do. Never be and to justify doing something that's going to make the game suck. Mm -hmm. Never be that person. That is a terrible idea because the thing is, even if your character, even if like, for example, like you're the guy who hates werewolves, you Mm -hmm. know, and then the adventure is such that you have to trust a werewolf in order to get out of the dungeon. There's a werewolf who knows the way out. He's the only one who knows the way out. You can't, don't be the guy I shoot the werewolf. Why? Well, cause I hate, I hate him. yeah, I hate him. Like, yeah, but your character has an, you know, is high intelligence, and he's not suicidal, so he knows that werewolf is his yeah, only way. He to
0: wants live. out of the dungeon.
1: Yeah, he wants out of the dungeon. He can, he can stomach that, and that's an interesting thing, you know, an interesting dilemma um, to be forced yeah, I mean, to work like, with a I werewolf.
0: Mean, yeah, I mean, great scenes in movies and is two mortal enemies actually having to cooperate?
1: Exactly, and so you're not negating that by having your character you know uh work with that werewolf it's 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 uh creating better role playing more memorable yeah. roleplay. i
0: mean play. there's a movie that comes out. you ever seen enemy mine
1: uh um,
0: gossett jr and
1: uh yeah that's the one with like the uh the starship pilots on the, one's an alien one's a human on yeah. a crash lander on a planet yeah
0: and they actually are forced to live to cooperate with each other yeah that was i mean
1: for the time, that
0: was a good... It was a wonderful movie with, with some really great scenes. And yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know... It's a classic en- trope, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mortal enemies having to cooperate is awesome.
1: Yeah, and so that... So, never... you Remember, you are a player at a game, so never do something... No, don't try to justify it's what my character would do to... Create a situation that makes the game less fun. I mean, and that, that's not just a role playing acting no, that's, thing. That's just in general. That's being. Like, that's being. A, I feel I should bring it up because. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But you know, a lot of people would justify it because, like, oh, I'm acting in character. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And I hate that excuse.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, that kind of depends on what's a, what the conventions, what's allowable for that particular game. I mean, if it's a darkly comedic or nihilistic game like, say, Paranoia or a Warhammer 40K game where you're playing, you know, <laughs> oh, we won't deal, we won't, uh, the Chaos Cultist may be the only one, the traitor may be the only one who can get us out, but screw that, kill the traitor. Like
0: because the Emperor demands it. Yeah,
1: yeah. In that case, that's fine because that's the whole point of that setting is that people are crazy and would do anything yeah. to. I mean, to, come
0: on, like, yeah, come on, but come on, we turned Fury, the
1: movie Fury
0: into a Warhammer. Th- it is a 40K <laughs> movie
1: yeah the the nazis are as tenacious as orcs you know in uh, helms deep uh but anyway that's that's more about fury than anything else i know but it's still wonderful it's still like
0: dude like send me more pigs to kill
1: god (laughs) it is it is entertaining um
0: sorry that's yeah that's just
1: a thing and i sort of uh going along with that don't negate other players choices especially if you're the gm but like um in that situation for example uh, if you're the GM, you might be tempted like, okay, the werewolf is the only one to get you out. What do you do? Well, I shoot him. You, everyone will die if you do that. Well, so you don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. in that case, you know, if you're the GM, uh, yeah, on, on the other hand, you can't just like, uh, say, no, you don't do that. You, you decide to work along with him. That's and, taking away player, you know, agency, player yeah. agency. Um, but on the other hand, you could, um, Say well. I on the other hand, you can't be a player. And be like, well, I use diplomacy to make the player do what I want. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to convince them, which is terrible. God, you monster. <laughs> uh, so, in that situation, don't negate the choice by saying, um, for example, like. One, the player could say, "Well, I, I'll I'll go with the werewolf now, but I'll tell him we're gonna we're gonna have a fight when we get out. We're, I'm gonna take him down." In that case, that's fine. The players mm-hmm. get through the maze, which in fact, is the in problem. Fact,
0: most time in, the, in this trope, that's actually what happens.
1: Yeah, that, you
0: know, he's like, 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 "I will, like, I will, work with you now, but the moment we're out of here, yeah, it's you're on. going down." Yeah, and usually they was like, "Fine
1: by me." Yeah, and uh, then often later, like, it's not, but yeah. if you're the other players, in that case, you can't be like well, right before we get out, I trank dart my guy and drag him away so he can't have the fight. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do that, you know, or uh, you can't negate their choices because my character wants us to go along as a team and blah, 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 blah. It's what my character would do. Mm -hmm. So you let him have his death, you know, his death match with the uh, werewolf. Yeah. uh, And probably get killed. I mean, depending on the setting, you know. We don't know who's really tougher in that setting. No, we
0: were just playing mortals.
1: Yeah. We're not going to
0: help you, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, fuck that. Um...
0: yeah, I mean, come on! Like at this point, be like, "Hey, a werewolf! Like, we're cool." Though, yeah, right? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're good."
1: Yeah, it depends on the setting. It depends on the game, uh, but don't negate uh, other choices. So if the yeah. player wants... one, oh my, oh, yeah. but
0: my god, if that, was, if that was a Knights Black Agents game, and like the vampire actually yeah. offers to help us out, right? And then the other one's like, uh, "Hey, vampire, um, yeah, we have no problem with you right now. Are we are we cool?" <laughs> yeah, and be like, "I meant imagine. Like, I'd love to see a vampire. Like, oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I'm just this guy. This guy." needs to die.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> so, yeah.
0: fair enough, fair enough. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So don't negate the don't don't negate other players' choices, even if it's something problematic. As long as it's not, you know, game breaking. Yeah. So let him have his deathmatch. And um,
0: I also think uh also another thing that can often come up is uh acting in character and stepping over other players.
1: Yeah, don't I mean and also this is basic table etiquette. Mm-hmm. Don't talk over other players. Which Happens sometimes. It does. Uh, it it does. does happen. Yeah, and it's really. We're not going to name names. <laughs> it's really. I mean, it happened. Like sometimes, especially like con games, it's hard not to do that because. And I know it's really hard not to do that during online games because you're not actually in person with each other. Uh, yeah, so
0: you can't do the Ross death stare. Yeah. Line, like.
1: A, like I have a death stare. No, you. Yeah. Uh, of course not. Yeah. you Don't.
0: But I was just saying, if you did
1: a theoretical death stare. Anyway, uh, but yeah, don't talk over the people. be aware of the other players and if you look around them, look at their body language look around you look around you and <laughs> if it looks like somebody wants to talk, stop talking and let them talk,
0: especially if if an n p c is directly addressing them,
1: yeah. Don't, don't butt in, you know, of like, if the werewolf wants to talk to the guy before they have their death match, be like, well, werewolf, I know about your history and your tribe and blah, 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 blah. How about this? And this is the werewolf is like, he's like, who are you? He's like, dude, just, dude, go away. I'm, I'm trying to talk to the guy. I'm just going to kill. I want to, want to specify how we're going to have the
0: werewolf. Like, like, cause I, like I've sworn vengeance upon all redheaded people and you have red hair.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh it
0: hurts oh it hurts when it's done to you doesn't it
1: (laughs) yeah we're gonna we're gonna have these duel to Yorkshire style rules where you know we're gonna be 50 feet away there's there's yeah we're gonna draw a line yeah yeah, so
0: choose your weapons like hand to hand oh come on
1: (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah don't be the guy who keeps butting in don't let other people talk make sure everybody gets a turn I
0: mean yeah even if you have like think you have something really cool or funny to say at that moment you know I mean, Resist. I mean if you see an opening or people yeah. like they seem to have like the conversation is either at a close or there's a natural pause. Yeah. Yeah, then do something. But if there's if there's something going, if there's a conversation going on.
1: Yeah. If just, there's no space, yeah. There's no
0: space, yeah. You'll keep your turn.
1: Yeah. And that it's it's hard to keep, keep it keep a track, but yeah, be aware of other people. Um don't and try not to hog the, and going off that don't try to hog a spotlight, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh it's very again, with certain with certain character types you yeah. you can Well kinda, with
0: certain actors. Yeah. You know, it's like they can't stand to not be the center of attention.
1: Yeah, chew the scenery up. I mean it tasty, tasty scenery, chew, chew, you know. Uh we'll get, like, in,
0: like there's always gonna be more scenery. Yeah. Yeah. Let other people like dude don't be a pig. Let <laughs> other people have some scenery too.
1: Yeah. It's uh, annoying, and again, this is a game to not just entertain other people, but to be entertained. Yes. Set step back and like let other people do their shtick because it could be funny, it could be awesome. You know, the guy could have a great one-liner before he charges the. Yeah, werewolf. the kind
0: of one-liner where the game actually has to take a break. Yeah. For a moment, for five minutes, because yeah. people are laughing so hard. Yeah, exactly. Which
1: are what the moments you remember. Or the guy just like, I spin all my fate points or I spin all my weapon skill. I go again. I blah, 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 blah. I one shot the werewolf. And it's yeah. just like, holy shit, did you just do that? Like, you
0: know. Yeah. Or you know, just, when you're like, when you, ha- when you have to have an NPC talk and you're just ripping through your head and you just come up with a voice. Like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're going to make a-, a legend.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um so, in terms of yeah, and and actually getting into the craft of acting for role playing, uh, yeah, voice helps. You know, certain an accent, verbal verbal ticks like yes 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 or talking like Doctor Rox. Hey yes,
0: or uh, just uh, talking. The, I try try to make like a raspy voice. That's mm-hmm. what I did with of Just you know, he's still articulate even though he's speaking through a mouth that can't talk
1: speak human languages anymore. Yeah, and uh, you know for sometimes it's, it could be very understated. You know, you don't have to, you don't, I mean, this is acting in role playing games is a very broad thing mm. in just period. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't, you have to be ham it up all yeah. the time.
0: Also, I think know your strengths. Yeah. You know, don't try to do an accent you can't do.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Cause you do a good German accent.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, you know, at best, it's just going to come off as kind of weird. At yeah. worst, it can come off as racist or insensitive.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, again, don't be that guy. I, I, think,
0: uh, I, I think it was uh, Dan, you know, Fuzzy Dan. Mm-hmm. Our group said he once played a Japanese character. Yeah. And decided, I'm not going to try to do a Japanese accent. Right. Because I'm not very good at it. And also it's going to, he says, and really my idea of a, J-, he said, my admit, my idea of a Japanese accent is adding a U to the end of every word.
1: Yeah. Not,
0: which is not the way it is. No.
1: Uh, well, again, it can be understated. Like, for example, uh, Aaron's been running some atomic robo games, yeah. and my character, based on a suggestion from the RPPR Facebook group, my character is a human who thinks he's a robot. Uh, so, and Andy D. Know, Roy, it's
0: impossible to convince him otherwise. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, well, I, I, there, I, I, I am. I'm, spoiler alert! I, I'm planning at some point to break down and just like have a, you know. Uh, like i'm sorry like the reason he thinks he's a robot because there's some horrible and everyone got killed and he just had a psychotic breakdown and blah 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 and mm-hmm. th- I, I if the the opportunity comes up i just want to have some kind of scene where i like finally admitted have a brief moment of sanity you know and, and then kind of
0: test the waters of sanity and like nope yeah don't like it but, yeah, back I, in.
1: at the end of the scene i'm back to being a robot like oh yeah that was a buggy yes. weird just
0: occasionally just Put your, toe, you know, put your toe in the water and see yeah. of Sandy. Like, no, nope, it's nope. too cold.
1: Nope. Uh, and, you know, I want well, that I'm... security blanket of not being here. But the thing, is the reason I brought it up is the way I role play them is I do it as a very sort of understated, like, very sort of like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, we we should do this. Just like... obvious cold and just state the facts as much as possible but like call people on their bullshit as much as possible just the facts man yeah just in fact it, it has a really good rapport with your character because i call people on their bullshit a lot and like i bring up you know hr policies and like oh yeah no we we accept defectors all the time he used to be a nazi
0: and i'm actually playing you know a humanoid dinosaur that was once a human nazi scientist during world war ii and actually and i I'm actually quite... I feel quite guilty and remorseful about being that. And I, I get really... Defi- yeah. In fact, I more play a ex-Nazi scientist who's remorseful than I do a dinosaur.
1: Yeah. And it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, w- it also works because my character also goes off of that and says, oh, yes, unleash your blood r- bloodlust." I mean, yeah, you, you, like, you I can I barely saying, contain yeah, it. He's
0: like, I, I don't have a
1: bloodlust. Yes, you do. Yes, clearly. You, I can see it in your eyes. You should go <laughs> destroy your foes. Let loose your animal rage. It is fine. <laughs> well,
0: like, and, like, and, and even I'm like, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel sorry for him. Uh, Which I think later, I think we should almost
1: get drunk later in the yeah. game. Oh, yeah, no, clearly.
0: And it's like, you know, like, like just
1: crying into each other's shoulders. And again, that goes back to working with a group, you know, mm-hmm. like... Together, our characters have a shtick, you know, and individually we have a shtick, you know, but we don't do it all the time, right? You know, it just has that little moment and then it goes back to let you know, uh, yeah. David and Dan and Drew, whoever else is there, uh, to yeah. do their thing, yeah. yeah. And, and I
0: think Aaron also, um, that with uh, you know, when he's doing his NPCs in the game, I yeah. think he knows his strengths, like he's he was playing Japanese characters, yeah but he doesn't try to do an accent
1: right and that's another thing about accents uh, and also playing characters who aren't like you mm-hmm. uh, d- again don't do accents and also if you're playing someone of the opposite gender don't feel like you have to try to get the same pitch I, yeah. you know yeah. like if I do a woman or a girl I try not to no you just yeah. you just talk yeah just talk I, I mean I may parse it like if I'm playing a girl I'm just like hi you know a little softer like, hi how are you, you but know, you don't something. try to don't try I'm not, to not doing be, a falsetto yeah, don't yeah.
0: try to be a, be a woman
1: yeah because uh, you
0: don't have a clue.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of uh, again the voice, like I can't, I can't do no. a falsetto like that. I can't either. Yeah. So, but that again, some of it, the best acting on, is come playing on. against type. And we
0: were manly men. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but for I mean, to, Tom, you did a really good job in Invasive Procedures where you played oh, yeah. an amnesiac like young woman, uh, and again it, that way you just played it kind of soft and like. I don't know. You've-
0: yeah, I, yeah. I just kind of thought um, she doesn't have any idea who she is, so she's not definitely not going to be assertive, because you know it's. I I, I, saw, I play her kind of withdrawn, but also, you know, if she's offered a chance to maybe learn something else about her, yeah, she'll latch onto it. But I I thought like this player is soft and reserved, a little frightened, but you know, when the right carrots dangled in front of her, she can, yeah. can really be you know, a go-getter.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, and I basically, I just kind of just, the only thing, you know, the only thing I did with being a woman was I just reminded myself or uh, my character is a woman.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it depends on what kind of game you're doing. Uh, and, we, we, in the future, we'll do some more episodes talking about gender yeah. and, right. well, also, and also and the, diversity the, the, yeah, and and in I think it also but, depends
0: on the setting, too. Yeah. Like, you know, if I was playing a woman, say, in like, feudal Japan, I would have yeah. played her a lot different. Sure. Because I, you know, I, especially if all the other players were male, I'd be, have to be utterly just subservient and agreeing to.
1: Well, I mean, you you can do that, but again, you could also play against type, mm-hmm. and it depends on the kind of game you're doing. Because I know, like, if you're doing Legend of the Five Rings, they have female characters who are warriors and sorcerers right. sorceresses. Um, I'm not that yeah. familiar, Ooh, but actually, yeah. another
0: good example when I was playing the that centurion character in yeah. Uh, Invictus, yeah. I was playing like like I'm playing a Roman soldier. Yeah, like I am double Y chromosome. <laughs> you know, yeah, go you know, kill for my emperor.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, almost like a 40k character. Uh, so Imagine that. <laughs> so again, um, it's role playing. I mean, that's the whole joy of it is pretending to be someone else and having fun with it, and that's the whole thing you have a lot to choose from but you can't get it all across at once no Um, and again talking about you know for me just going back you're talking about characters and gender and stuff like that I tend to run more pulp or high-ended games where that isn't emphasized as much like Masked and I which I'm running set in 1925 and um, I'm not really pushing that kind of stuff too too hard Uh, I mean it comes up like male characters hit on the female male NPCs hit on the female characters PCs uh, and that kind of thing, but it's I'm not I'm it's also a a game where characters are murdering cultists by the dozen, and uh, we're having fun with it. Uh, That's the important thing.
0: With with me, like my favorite thing to role play is non human characters. Yeah, but I always still kind of make them human.
1: Yeah, just you know. I mean, you can't make them too alien, otherwise, like, well, I emit some pheromones and you know harvest energy. The kind
0: of monsters I like to do. Yeah, it's not like I'm playing a Shagoth Yeah. You know, I, I like. How would you role play that? Like,
1: prototype. Just have you played the video game Prototype?
0: No, but I've seen it played.
1: Yeah, that's basically a shagath. So pretend be that guy.
0: But you know, I, actually, <laughs> but you know, but I, you know, I like when it comes to like you know, alien, sentient aliens and other creatures. I love playing
1: them. Yeah. Uh, and you, again, yeah, it's about having fun, and if you you can have that kind of different mindset. Um, you know that's always fun like the, the outsider looking in on a culture and you know re-examining its priorities uh, and uh, assumptions so uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, entertainment to be get had to, to yeah. be had out but of again,
0: it once so. again you, you have to act in the group yeah it comes and back go with be it. a team player be a
1: team player uh, so yeah I think that kind of gets over some of our main thoughts on I acting so. acting the craft treading the stage I. I
0: yeah the stage of the the stage of the table
1: yeah and it's not really anyway uh, it, it's a loose analogy uh, so next up of course we uh, first we, Tom has a letter I do and then we will have shout outs and anecdotes and all that kind of good stuff so it is good stuff yes uh, and Tasty we'll stuff. be right back
0: regular listener of the podcast will know, I am a person who likes to ask questions. This has been a huge part of my psyche since a very early age. Sometimes these questions were not liked by the people involved in my life. There was the Sunday school teacher who didn't appreciate me asking, how can all the animals be made in one day when there are 65 million years of dinosaurs before us? And some of these questions are completely inane, like looking at a hotel bill and asking, what the hell is a resort fee? But now I would like to pose a question to D&D. Who is more screwed in a D&D world, mortals or gods? This question might seem pretty straightforward. Of course the gods have it made. They have ultimate power. They exist forever. They hold sway over the affairs of mortals. In effect, they make up large parts of the planes by the sheer power of their will. With all that going for them, it would seem clear that mortals have it much worse. However, I put forth to you that this argument is completely backwards. In the worlds of D&D, mortals have far more power than the gods. First of all, let's look to the end. In this case, death. Mortals, of course, die when their time is up. And though it is rare, gods can die too. But what happens after death? In the case of mortals, their soul travels to the realm of their god or to the the plane that represents their alignment. In the former, souls can become, become servants of the gods. In the latter, they eventually become outsiders native to the plane they dwell in. Regardless, they exist on forever. When gods die, they vanish. They do not move on. They are no more. As to the gods' vaunted power, where does it come from? It comes from the worship of mortals. That's right, gods rely on mortals for all their power. And who do you think it is that carries out the will of the gods on the material plane? Mortal servants. Without mortals, gods would be unable to influence the world. Finally, there is the matter of freedom. Gods for all their power must still abide by primeval pacts. There are laws that gods cannot break. Mortals have no pacts they must abide by. They are free to do as they want, at least as long as they are alive. Mortals have the power to do things gods cannot. Just think about all that, all this. The next time you are in a D&D campaign, know that your characters are the ones who are truly free. Remember that when your party encounters an avatar of Demogorgon in some dark temple, your mortal character can actually shake their head sadly and say, poor God, he will never know the freedom like I do.
1: Good good letter there, Tom. Well, thank you, Ross. And I like to think that mortals, with all that infinite freedom, choose to become murder hobos.
0: Well, of course. Yeah. Uh, It's the choice of a new generation, and the old generation,
1: uh, and the generation before that. Yes. Uh, It is a tradition. So, uh, this uh, shout-out brought to you uh, this... Part of the episode, along with everything else, uh, is part made part uh, made possible in part by listeners like Noah Carden, uh, who is one of our patrons. Noah Carden. He's one of our twenty-five dollar a month. Thank you. (laughs) And also Warlord Sports. Um, Warlord Sports. Quality LARPing gear, you know. uh, Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that, that, that's again, one of the perks of that is getting that. Uh, you, your you're
0: the wind beneath my wings. Wow. All right. I'm just saying things uh, now. We've used
1: this money to also, to, for example, to get a new audio interface, a uh, pre-Sonus It is box, so technological. 22 VSL, which is very nice. It's the first one you've had a new one in six <laughs> there's years. There's
0: there's not a red light on this one.
1: No. There is a blue light. It is a blue light. It prefer. is blue. What well, has a pre- microphone preamp built into it like before I used a Tascam US 122L audio interface with a uh mic buddy preamp. Uh so I know you really care a lot about I'm listening, uh, you know, aren't I? Yeah. Uh but this I don't need two pieces of gear. I can get it all on this one and uh,
0: And as we all know, blue stars are hotter than red ones, so this is clearly better.
1: Yes, thank you. That, that's a good way of putting it. Uh so so, oh, uh, let's get on to uh, some shout-outs. Okay. Let's do. Yeah, first of course, Tarot Gang, as I mentioned before, and that I'll put a link up there. Uh, yeah, the thing I, wrote. I think... Uh, uh, but first off, the real first shout-out we should talk
0: about. Yeah, there, it's that we both have to talk it, about. It's a
1: book that we both read, and Aaron read as well, uh, called The Disaster Artist.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So, Tom, what is The Disaster well, Artist Well,
0: it is written by Greg Sestero, who played Mark in The Room. Yeah. And... Uh, Oh, also, by the way, I actually recently just watched Retro Puppet Master just to... because You t- did?
1: Where'd you find it?
0: Uh, actually, I found it at, um, oh, uh, Entertain Mart.
1: Oh, so you own the copy.
0: I own the copy. Oh, I'll have to borrow that and you.
1: And I'll tell you what, he's not bad. He's actually <laughs>
0: pretty good in it. One of the few things that are pretty good, obviously. I mean, I mean, I love the original movie. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Yeah. It's a... It's a much much later sequel. Yeah, but he was pretty good. Nice. But this yeah, this book, The Disaster Artist, is about him meeting Tommy Wiseau, mm-hmm. his relationship with him, and the filming of The Room.
1: Yes, and um, Greg. We've we've
0: spoken about The Room at length. Yes, Greg Cicero plays Mark, the uh, best friend. The best friend. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> and, and
1: yeah,
0: it's I mean I I had some suspicions of what working with Tommy Wiseau
1: might have been like. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> it is, it is a glorious train wreck. Uh, so first off, obviously you should, if you haven't seen the room, see the room. Yeah, uh, rip tracks or not, there is a rip tracks version. Uh, if not, just watch it without. Uh, it's, alcohol is good. Friends I will actually watch say it with friends. It is, an, it is it is a unique experience. It is, and uh, then read the book, and then read about it on the internet. <laughs> uh there's a i've been reading like i i started there's on um, something off of forums there's a whole thread about the room sure on uh, the cinema discussion forum and they go on for 100 people have like been they still do midnight screenings of the room you know like in LA and other places and Tommy Wiseau and Greg and show up to these mm-hmm. uh, on occasion and Tommy Wiseau has taken to he he will autograph your copy of the disaster artist uh he will scratch out the name of the co-writer of the book because it was Greg Cicero and some other guy. Uh, yeah, that wrote, wrote us some other books. Yeah, and, yeah. and he will call—he calls it the Red Bible. He, Tommy Wiseau calls the disaster. Artist yeah, the
0: and, red Bible. and at times I'll say because the, the cover is yeah, red and the book is not. Sometimes flattering to Tommy Wiseau. No, oh no.
1: But he's still, yeah. Like, he, he is a crazy person. He yeah. is just like. Uh, My my personal theory is he has bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he has legitimate brain damage because he mentions about being a car wreck in a car wreck, and so I think after that he just got bipolar disorder. And so he just like he his moods swing wildly from being super overly enthusiastic and joyous to to totally sullen and lost. Insecure and paranoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like it gets really dark. Like especially that car ride between Greg and Mark mm-hmm. Greg and uh, Tommy. But
0: yeah, just talking about him. Like he can't. Re- I mean, he can't remember not just you know difficult lines. He can't remember basic lines.
1: Yeah, which again goes in with my whole brain damage theory. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got it made, uh, and if you look on the internet right now, he still owns a building in San Francisco, uh, San Francisco that's worth over a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's still like— I mean, he financed the whole thing. Yes, he financed the whole thing. And it's, it's just sort of only-in-America kind of story. Yeah, I guess
0: it's really like when you—it's something—I remember Patton Oswald said something when he was, he was on the Pete Holmes show— yeah. And he was talking... He was, like He briefly mentioned working on uh, Blade Trinity. Yeah. Which he said, you know, if you just watch the movie, it is an F-bomb piece of crap movie. But if you knew what it took to get that movie made, all the insanity we had to go through, it is an A-plus cinema event. I think it's the same thing with The Room. Yeah. When, when, once I knew what went, what went on to make that movie, I... I'm not saying I I like it now. Yeah. I can respect it now. <laughs> As
1: Interesting perspective. I
0: would think, yeah, I can actually just, you know, like, this wasn't just a movie to Tommy
1: Wiseau. Yeah, it was. This was his life. Yeah, because Tommy spent decades or years and years trying to break it into Hollywood. Like, he was already rich, but this was, like, some obsession, some, like, Ahab-like quest to, mm-hmm. to get into movies. And he could, obviously couldn't get in because of his accident, his appearance, just his... Just, His demeanor. He's, yeah, many factors. And uh, when Greg easily got in landing such plum roles as... as
0: retro puppet, puppet master, master. And Days of Our Days Lives. of Our Lives. As a s- yeah. somewhat recurring character. He
1: pushed Tommy to uh, go into this. So I don't want to spoil everything about the book, But
0: no, it's, uh, and it's, it's fun it is funny. Yeah. Greg's a stare. Oh, and there's actually talk of making a movie on it. No,
1: there, it's in pre-production. Oh, is it? It is. is it I, now? Uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen are going to do it.
0: James Franco is going to play Tommy. What's up? And Gre- and I imagine and Seth Rogen will be. I could see him playing Greg Sestero. Kinda.
1: I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll we'll find out. Or maybe. I'm looking forward to. It. I am too. Uh, it could. I mean, the thing is, you can't just make it a sappy comedy because, like, Tommy is a like. It's dark. The book gets mm-hmm. dark. And yeah, but there are times. Yeah, like yeah, Sestero worried that he
0: was a a psychopath.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, that's the kind of thing you have to deal with when you're dealing with somebody like Tommy. Uh, there's an audiobook version actually narrated by Greg Sestero, who does a killer Tommy impression. I've, there's samples of it on the internet. And, uh, yeah, so I think we, we've talked a lot. It's it's a hilarious book. And it's, it, I don't know, fascinating.
0: And if you haven't seen The Room by now, why? Yeah, Jesus. It's it's a great piece of outsider art. Yeah, I am I remember I had no idea what it was when you first made us. Yeah. You what? It was not the rift tracks version. Yeah, it was just the movie. And I'm like this. No, no, this. Is gonna, I mean, it was really, during the credits. I was like, yeah. no, this is gonna, Oh my god. And you know, and I'm not even. I have. I don't even know much about filmmaking. But even when I first saw the rooftop, like they have a green screen on the roof. <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. And, and and then I think my favorite but just put this book is not just but him talking about the other actors, like the yeah. poor guy that played Denny. Yeah. Or how like just everyone Or I don't know, Chris R's story is pretty Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, like uh, just like that I, like that Talia was actually afraid of him. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's a lot. Again, it's 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 a rich tapestry.
0: It is a it is a rich tapestry.
1: So think, very rich. I think we've uh, uh You should yeah, buy this book right now. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, in other books, uh, I finished recently a uh, horror novel, which I you can actually download an EPUB version of it for free. Legitimately, this is not a pirated version. Uh, it's called The Light at the End. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 1986 splatterpunk vampire novel. It is credited with beginning the splatterpunk movement in Nice. Horror. Uh, so it's about basically a vampire that starts killing people in New York City and the, this sort of motley gr- crew of uh, like bike messengers and artists and working class people get together to uh, kill him because it's a very scary vampire mm. and it's a very I mean it's a very dark novel like, it's very graphic uh, it's not something if you're sensitive to you know it's yeah, um, in terms epithets. Of, well, no, no, I'm talking about like depictions of like you know violence, uh, like sexual violence and things like that. Yeah, like it gets very dark. But and it's also very it's homophobic. I mean, it was written yeah. like 1986.
0: Well, well, come on, Ross. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, have read Fifty Shades of Grey. How bad could it be? But by the way, no, I totally
1: haven't read that book. <laughs> uh, well, it's more honest because it depicts the the, the, the as bad. Not as, like, you know, the vampire but not is as not charming. romantic. The vampire is a very interesting villain. Uh, he is uh, yeah. basically a punk who doesn't know what he's doing. And so... So it's kind of like, you know, it's how
0: uh, James Woods described vampires in John Carpenter's vampires. Yeah. Like, they're not romantic.
1: Yeah. They're, he's very predatory. Uh, I mean, at first he seems to be, but, like, later on he gets more and more deranged. Uh, but it's interesting because the, the depiction of vampires one like vampires can take drugs uh in this version so <laughs> like they hit this vampire takes speed to stay up uh which is very interesting and the the it's it's a well-crafted narrative but again it, it's a product of its time and there's like it you know very graphic and very in, in parts homophobic like there's a comic relief character who's basically a Flaming stereotype, stereotypical, you know, gay guy. Like, hello. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very like, oh my god, and just there are pl- parts of the novel where it pulled me out, but like, uh, but it pulled you back in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to finish it, and it was worth it. So again, it's free, uh, and it's 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 again a great in terms of the structure and how the hunt proceeds because uh, they're dealing with, like 1980s; they don't have cell phones. And they're not working with the police, so they're like, well, we'll go to subway stations and we'll use beepers to, like, and call payphones to call it in. It's oh, payphones. Yeah. So there's a lot of gameable stuff in it. And uh, it's, yeah.
0: Nice. So, um, you've been... I've been watching some stuff. Yeah. You know, every people that know anything about me knows I love me some stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, and Netflix has provided me quite a few, uh, new ones I've never heard of before, but first, the first one I watched a show, uh, Tom Segura, the name of the show is, I believe perfectly normal and it's, he's a comedian. I, you know, I've never heard of until I just saw him on, uh, the net on the Netflix queue. You know, I, and I had an evening to kill with my cat in a cone that I unable to do anything. So I had to watch her all the time. Yeah. And he was great. It's um is also he well, he also talks about Steven Seagal, which I thought uh, I haven't heard a comedian talk about him since the '90s, and it was about him as he is now on that show where he's a cop. Yeah, which apparently is I can't bring myself to watch an episode of it.
1: Well, I think he they stopped that show after he was uh, charged with like human trafficking. Well, that I did not know. Yeah, so. he was uh, got some. Yeah, terrible things he's uh, been accused of doing. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. but yeah, this uh, Tom Segura is definitely a guy you should check. I think this is. I think uh, this show was his first one. Yeah, all right. So uh, look, I say, yo, know, keep an eye out for him if he does anything else. Uh, if you have Netflix, you do it. if you have
1: Netflix, watch it. Yo, know, go ahead and watch it. Uh, very good and. Uh, speaking of entertaining things, um, I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast because I met the people who uh made this game last year at PAX East. Uh, but the game uh is out in early access. Darkest Dungeon uh, <laughs> yeah. is a Lovecraftian dungeon crawling game, and it, it's got elements of XCOM because instead of you being one person, you just you're this estate owner who hires adventurers and you send them out in teams to go. You know, kill monsters and clear out this estate that he uh, that's infested with monsters. And the thing is, you're meant, you have sanity as well as hit points. And so characters can go crazy. They can develop – get diseases and uh, – Mental afflictions. Yeah, it's roguelike in the sense that there's uh, no save states. You just – if your character dies, he dies. That's it. Um, oh, also, isn't it – syphilis does not prevent you from going into the brothel. Yeah, the brothel, there's like different places you can send characters to recover their sanity. The brothel's one of them. Uh, If you get deviant tastes, you're not allowed in the brothel though. It doesn't specify what those tastes are, but it must be pretty bad. If the guy with the syphilis can come in, if the leper is allowed into the brothel, which Which is a class, isn't it? Yeah, it's a character class. Uh, But the guy with the deviant tastes, those must be pretty extreme. Uh, So that's uh it's it's out twenty dollars on steam early access uh caleb aaron and i have all played it well had a lot of fun with it caleb i things, but got had worse luck with the random number generator uh <laughs> than we than we than i have but it's it's a hell of a game it's, and there's they're still in development so it'll be complete in six months so right uh it'll be worth it to play it then um Let's see here. You had another stand? I do? Yeah.
0: Uh, this, uh, the next, I, there's two guys I discovered. Another guy is Gary Goldman. Yeah. He's a you know great comedian. And what, what I like, uh, what turned me on to him because one of the first things he says is he shares a sentiment I had for a long time, which he said, I love Netflix. He said, the main reason I love it is that it brought Blockbuster to its knees. He's <laughs> like, rot in hell, Blockbuster. Wow. With, the, like, with your ridiculous late fees and criminal just definitions of what r- represents a new release. Yeah and yeah i i was never happier than when blockbuster kicked it wow because well i also i also i had a lot of late fees ah it's it's pretty handy when the company you owed late fees to no longer exists yeah
1: well you're the reason why oh clearly it's me partially but
0: yeah, he's a really good comedian um once again i like he's got a great you know great delivery style yeah which is that's kind of I like, that's one i think really important thing like you know Oh, yeah, yeah, to me, like, uh, Stephen Wright had one of the greatest deliveries, just the yeah. totally flat...
1: Deadpan. Yeah. Uh, that That's very true. Uh, to be fair, I, I also had late fees, uh, but to a grocery store uh, for renting video games, because I kept, like, Final Fantasy II. And, oh, shit, yeah. yeah. And, Back uh, in the days of the SNES, when yeah, you could yeah. rent those games? Yeah. And yeah. I kept it until I beat it, so racked up quite a bit, and... So couldn't rent from that grocery store anymore until it went under. So hooray. Got out under from under that. Uh, it's like, thank you, economy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, well, finally, uh, I do want to mention a movie because uh, the Oscars this was not an Oscar-nominated movie, but I think it's a very entertaining movie uh, called The Guest. And <laughs> the best way I've heard it described is, what if Captain America was a dick? <laughs> uh, because basically this guy shows up. Uh, to this family's house, and he's like, "I knew your son. He was in my unit. I was with him when he died. He he wanted me to go and check on you guys. He was thinking about you until the yeah. Break. Actually, I've heard of this movie. Yeah, I sent you the trailer. I think I'm pretty no, mm-hmm. right. oh, yeah, I've seen uh, the trailer. Yeah, and and you're just like and the woman in the first scene is like, "Wait, I don't see a car. We're out like kind of a ways out. Where 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 are? How'd you get here? Like, oh, I just ran from the bus station. You you, you ran." Yeah, could I have some water, and he just drinks the, a huge glass of water in like one go. I'm like, uh, okay, so I was like, the, is that, you know, like, you know, like your red flags should be going up? Yeah, no, that's that's normal to run with a duffel bag for ten miles without breaking into a sweat. Um, but he ingratiates himself into the family, and then you you're not sure exactly where the movie goes but it goes in a delightful direction and it's it's highly entertaining Lance Reddick is in there uh, as the guy hunting them and he is uh, the guy, the soldier himself, uh, the main character, is the, just does the Captain America stick. Very, very polite, mm-hmm. even when he's doing something really violent, because guess what he does? Some he does violence, violence. He does violence. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack, very much like Drive or Hotline Miami, very 1980s synth wave kind of inspired. And the ending, like the third act, just goes off the rails. I don't want to spoil it, but it just goes fucking nuts. And in a great way, okay so good it yeah no it's it's great, and yeah, it's just it's a great little movie, and it's very entertaining, so yeah, fantastic, uh I mean what else do I need to say, Jesus, go watch it, yeah, it's competently made, unlike the room. but yeah, so uh, so there's probably probably no crew of rev- crewer billions, yeah, probably not, uh so. Uh, anecdotes. Uh, we've been playing a lot of games. Yes, lately. we have. Uh, aside from your Divine Fire game, uh, there is also Master and of up, which mm-hmm. I've been running. Caleb was actually in uh, a game. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, uh, just as a guest character because it was the schedules. The stars finally aligned. He was able to show up on Saturday. Uh, we have also Aaron's been running Tomic Robo uh, and I have also been running uh, Duality Eclipse Phase I'm tra- wrapping up mm-hmm. the campaign trying to wrap it up because it's been going on long enough and uh, the last chapter we did was the Extropia adventure and I've been mm-hmm. looking forward to that just to have some fun with it because Extropia yes. L- is literally described as space libertarian paradise and yeah,
0: guess what it's not it is well, pro- actually, well, sorry. Well, it wasn't really until you guys Gatchet's showed it that's its
1: problem it, it was <laughs> And if you read the description in Rimword, it's basically you have to sign contracts and pay for legal protection and any everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so all these corporations pay, you know, do this stuff, and they have negotiated with each other and. Uh, so the way it works out for libertarians who hate government and bureaucracy, you, there's actually a huge amount of bureaucracy in there. It's just if you have a lot of money, you can pay for it to go away. That's the main thing they offer. Is that, like if you that? I mean, I thought that was a very interesting mm-hmm. way because the way it worked out is so you guys showed up, firewall gave you like a a course, basic yeah. pass package of like here's your legal protection, here's your rental apartment, mm-hmm. here's all this shit, you know. So now go and investigate, find out the thing, um, right? And then you discovered, well, what did you discover, Tom, while you were investigating?
0: <sighs> Two words that are going to grate on my nerves for the, from now until eternity.
1: Microtorts. Yes, microtorts. So microtorts are described in RimWord as basically super fast, super small lawsuits that are processed automatically by AIs uh, whenever an infraction happens. And so it's very, very minor and so you're you're basic legal so it's basically just getting a, a fine for like bumping into someone or startling someone or any number of things. Brushing up against someone's vehicle. Yeah, exactly. So microtort. And it's done so fast you don't have a chance to defend yourself. Your your muse are, talks to their muse. But this but your insurance lead. covers it. Yeah. Uh, and so you just like oh microtort like if, I had characters make free fall checks and like I, I succeed oh you get a microtort because you jumped in front of somebody uh, and that startled them so but you can do the same thing to them too yeah I I actually don't think you guys ever inst- no because we were actually busy yeah trying yeah. to stop titans uh, so but I had a lot of fun with it just. yes you did <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun to just randomly slam you with microtorts. Uh, throughout the adventure. Also, because they're Space Libertarian Paradise, you guys did have a gunfight out on the edge of, on uh, hanging on the side of the habitat out in space. And then so you're getting out gunned and so I had a missile vendor show up and like, Oh, would you like I was to like, rent hey, we see- noticed you're having well you notice you're having some trouble. Yeah. Would you like would you like to rent a seeker rifle? <laughs> With some ammo. Uh, and you guys did, and that was funny uh so i like that because i figured space libertarian would you like to know more yeah would you like to know more would have a lot of these flash vendors who would just show up because they figured out a good business model because like it is like in a sci-fi game
0: like and i'd love to see that in star wars yeah Yeah, like you know in some fight with stormtroopers and like this droid just floating droid just shows up like it's like we notice you're outgunned by these troops would you like to rent a blast an automatic blaster
1: rifle (laughs) yeah uh oh my god like my God, that's a brilliant business strategy. And it was very fashionable and trendy, so their their trends happen very quickly. And so I had um, a gangster trend, going gangster nineteen twenties gangster. Because again, I've been running masks and i loathe loaded up, but also meat guns uh, and Tommy guns and God. And then you had a great idea.
0: Yeah, essentially, I created a talking, still bleeding, severed horse's head. Yeah, as like a pod. Yeah, Podmore So like robot skeleton. Yeah, my character. You know, my, character is like, my character is like my character a it. expert morph designer. Yeah. So yeah, I I came up with like I created a pod severed you know horse's severed head. Yeah. That still bled. Yeah. And talked. Yeah. And you know did, st- and you know that would would spout off you know words like like yeah you know, like yeah I really yeah like my like my owner really should have uh, really should have agreed to like give that guy that role.
1: That was dumb of him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and I that made you the bell of the ball, kind of, for a while. Uh, for a little while. For a little while. Fame is fleeting. Yes. Uh, but then the bad guys realized you were getting too close, so paid a publicity firm to ruin your reputation.
0: And I didn't have enough to redeem it and then get them back. Yeah, that was... I should have asked Firewall, like, hey, um, I like. It, I need some money so I can get my reputation back
1: <laughs> and also thoroughly crush them. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of things were happening at that point, so yeah, we were busy. There was yeah. there was there were like pit, tricking the ultimate. Yeah, and there's
0: yeah. another thing I really liked is, yeah. is when like, you actually got let me meet with like an old colleague of mine. Yeah, and I I was in a steel morph, and he, yeah. he's like, oh, like oh, you're going like you're still doing that synth phase. Yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, which I, I and I don't know if this was a thing in the book, yeah. but like we went to go to this restaurant. Like, well, yeah, we have these little things you can insert, which will. Let you, simi- you know, stimu- simulate the taste I of food. I made that up. I just That's figured. awesome. Yeah. It was like a, 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 if you're in a synth body, but you're going to a dinner with somebody, yeah. you can actually just insert these little chips that will give you the, the taste of eating certain food.
1: Yeah. I figured they would do that. I mean, and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, as long as they could charge as much as for the real food. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not my dime. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's something to look forward to after uh, the Jovian chapter finishes up. Uh, we got two or three more sessions of that uh, to be posted. And, then... and I still hated the Jovians way worse than I hated the Extropians. I don't know why you guys hate the Jovian. Oh, wait, yeah, no, you guys... Get... It's exactly... <laughs> yeah, no, you have justifiable reasons. I like that, running that chapter, though, because that was uh, interesting. Uh, because, again, the whole point of duality was just being a tour of gate crashing and the outer system so i wanted to hit every major system and i mean you yeah. could do an entire campaign in e- any one of those systems uh, you know
0: yeah like, and sorry every time i but think like, of the jovians i now just think of kim jong-un <laughs> i'm sorry kim jong
1: pugsley oh man so harsh
0: yeah yeah but i just think of him i know like it's
1: not even really like that yeah but it is interesting um and he is an evil evil man so uh, and a murderer but yeah anyway uh so this and dude, yeah dangling a uh, dangling a robot and a helpless <laughs> oh yeah the sympathy monster yeah, sympathy, sympathy monster. monster uh yeah I need to have more of those uh but I I mean I I have to figure out a way to give you guys some like Aaron's easy to target with that but I don't know what yeah, like a,
0: uh. An AG, a helpless AGI that is like being Like a helpless
1: versus, crocodile guy is Getting attacked by a mob Except they don't I wonder like Wait, wait, what the fuck are you? Well, in a different game You yeah. know, like base raiders Like, you know If there's a crocodile guy Being chased, you know
0: Oh, yeah, my Oh my god yeah. Well, the, the thing is that I'd be playing foot high science guy So yeah. like, if he's being chased By a bunch of like Guys in armor with guns Like, hey you You better stop Or I'm gonna Lightly kick you in the shin <laughs> Well, you could science something up like, well, can't you like can't you magic them away? Like, no more than you could science them away.
1: <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, this has been RPPR episode 111, and the nat 20 goes to uh, acting and games. Uh, and our sponsor for this episode was Easy Roller Dice. Remember, uh, you can get 10% off with using coupon code uh, RPPR on their website. So, and they have free shipping in the US for. A yeah. lot of dice. If you need dice, you know, like there you go. I like the free velvet bag. Like that sounds like I mean you don't. Have that have is a perk. Yeah, that I is mean, a perk you want to do. You don't have to get royal crown to get a dice bag. Is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or
0: like, I've seen some of the prices they charge for dice bags in game stores. Yeah, exactly. I mean they're like twenty bucks on their own. So I mean, yeah, you might like, as well I'll, get some dice. Like, it. does this thing like, will this thing give me a massage at the same time <laughs> or something?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Ross Payton. I am Tom Church, and we'll talk to you guys next time.